Phantom House. It's the place for podcasts. Hey guys, it's Hannah here. Um, I just wanted to apologize real quick for the buzzes and fuzzes that sort of creep their way into this episode, despite my attempts to get rid of them. Um, I really tried, I promise. They just wouldn't go away. Um, But it's a really good episode anyway. I hope you enjoy it. Technical shit happens. Welcome to the living room. Please make yourself at home. This week, I spoke with the delightful Omni Boy. But before that, here's our ad. The Living Room is supported by Lauren Records, the little SoCal record label that could. Lauren Records has released so many of her favorite bands, from Walter Etc. to Lear, Joyce Manor, Summer Vacation, and even the best fest to come out of an American Legion Hall in Highland Park. They're the place to go for all your favorite DUI records, merch, and apparel. Dudes, we love Lauren Records. So go online to laurenrecords.com. Lauren-records.com. Don't forget that dash. And please buy something. Buy the new Walter Etc. album. It's really good. Buy the new... It's not as new anymore, but still very good Katie Allen album. I liked that one a lot. Um, buy a shirt. Buy a pin. Buy... Join the record club. They've, they've made shirts that look like the Antisocial Club, which is a fun riff. I enjoyed that. Buy a thing. Buy something from them. Um, go to lauren-records.com, enter offer code livingroom for 10% off your first purchase. Again, that is offer code livingroom, all one word, and you'll get 10% off. So Omni Boy was wonderful. We talked about the early SoundCloud community shifting from the digital to physical space and making a concept album. Omni was really great. We had a really nice time chatting, and I'm glad we were able to find a piano for him to play and make the whole thing work. Um... Before we jump to his episode, though, I would please, please, please ask you to rate and review our podcast on iTunes. It helps us a lot. We only have one up there right now, so you can bump us up on the charts. I'd appreciate that if you listen to us regularly. Help us overtake the other Living Room podcasts. Thank you. So, anyway, <laughs> Omni was a joy to talk to. Their music is so great. You can find them online on Spotify. Just look up Omniboy spelled O-M-N-I-B-O-I. Lean in, dudes. It's a good one. I've done one escape room. It was... And I went because uh, someone's brother like didn't want to go. And I was like, I've never been to an escape room. Please take me instead. And so this family took me. Yeah. And it was super fun and goofy. It's just like, it was like art theft themed, so we had like to steal the Mona Lisa. Oh, that's pretty cool. It was cute. I, I enjoyed all of it. Are they big? Like, is, it's no. not just a room. Is it's, it a room? It's, no, it's not just a room. Okay. Like, this one wasn't just a room. It was like, it was in like an industrial park, and so it was like a building, and oh. so they owned like a bunch, like they owned like this lot, essentially, Okay. which had a couple rooms in it, and so... Our escape room was like the upstairs floor of this lot, which had three very small rooms in it. And so we just had to like figure out these puzzles in oh. those three rooms that were connected to each other and had different locks on all the doors. So you had to like find the lo- uh, the thing to unlock one door so you can get to the other room. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I want to do one. It's it's worth your time if you have like 30 bucks to spend. Yeah. On an evening. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
And we did it in under the time that you're supposed to do it. So I was like, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I, I walked by an escape the room thing uh, like a couple of days ago with a friend. And I, and I asked them. They didn't know. But like, what happens if you don't do it within that time? They, do they, they like rescue you? Yes. They do they like? <laughs> that's cool. Okay. The timer is more so that they can like just get groups in and out. Oh. Because so, more groups is more money, you know? True. But I, I like the the romantic idea of like. This is part of the fantasy, and you yeah. have to do it by a certain time, because what if the building's going to explode? And so, what is the allotted time for you for that For one? us, it was like, I think it was like an hour, an hour and a half, or something like that. I don't remember. Wow. Okay. We needed almost that whole time. We were like, we had like five minutes left, so. That's great. Can you use your phones? I mean, they're like, they're just like puzzles. So oh, like, so it's like not like weird like history like. No, there wasn't like we didn't need like we didn't <laughs> like need, weird trivia. We didn't need outside knowledge. There's no outside knowledge required. It was more okay. like it was more like use what's it, figure out like the clues in the room to like understand other puzzles that are going on in the room. It was cool. Wow, I liked it. I'm into that sort of thing. I only play like puzzle games. Yeah, so that's cool. I was into the whole thing. Yeah, I like that. Let's start this interview. Yeah. <laughs> so we start with you playing something, actually. Okay. Um. Doesn't matter how long it is. No. I can play something that's like three three minutes. Yeah. Ish. Okay. Whatever is equivalent to a song. Yeah. For you. <laughs> cool. Okay. I'm gonna do Union Station. Where you just were. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> the theme to Union it's, Station. It's relevant now. So, can you start by introducing yourself and your music? 
Uh, yeah, um, I'm Omniboy, um, and I make, goodness, I make a lot of stuff, like chill, fun, like uplifting stuff for the most part. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd agree. As someone who listens, I would agree. Okay, cool. Um, so when did you start playing, but also, are you from L.A.? I am definitely not from LA. That's what I thought. Okay. But I wasn't sure. Yeah. No, I think I try to like hide it as much as possible without just outright lying to people and telling them <laughs> I'm from LA. Um, no, I'm from Arizona. I moved here almost three years ago. Um, like at the very, very beginning, like New Year's Day of uh, 2015. Um, but I spent my entire life in Arizona before then. What motivated the move? Um, music mostly. Uh, I just felt like there wasn't really space for me in Arizona, um, for like what I was trying to do. Um, and so I kind of kept getting lumped together into things that didn't necessarily benefit me, I guess, as a musician. Like, I, I think that every, every area kind of has a, a scene or a genre or a, a type of art that they cater to. And just kind of what I was doing wasn't super appreciated or like supported in Arizona. Yeah, there's like a I know there's like a punk and indie scene over in Arizona, yeah. but there isn't so much like a yeah. beeps and boops. Scene. Exactly. Like there isn't. And it's I feel like there's a there's like this like, yeah, this really, really healthy punk and like even a hardcore scene in Arizona. Yeah. And then there's like a like a thriving like DJ club scene in, in Arizona, but there isn't like this interesting middle ground it's not like, yeah because the club scene is not what you're doing yeah exactly exactly <laughs> be, as an as someone who has if someone had never listened to your music but you need to describe it they might like like lump you into that but yeah it'd be completely wrong <laughs> exactly that's why like even in the beginning when i'm trying to describe my music i'm like oh my god i don't know like even what to say as far as what i make <laughs> so you were it was that uh you wanted to find your people yeah exactly and i had been here a couple of times i had like I had come to LA a few different times and it always, I had that like Disneyland type reaction where you come in, you're just like, oh, it's like everything that I wanted. It's here. Like everything's Aww. cool here. And then you go back home and you're just like, wow, this sucks. Like I really need to leave. And every single time I visited, it was a little bit harder to go back home. And then I came out one time for like a show and I was just like, okay, I got to move. Like it was, it was cool though. Yeah. I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> When so when did you start playing piano though specifically? I actually don't know specifically, okay. which is a it's a problem because um because even I would like to know sometimes like I'll ask people how long they've been playing and they'll be able to give me like a year amount. And I think it was just because um when I was younger uh, I I remember seeing keyboards like in Best Buy and in like stores and like thrift shops and so whenever I would go out like shopping with my mom, I would kind of just like go over and mess around on them. And that that was like what I did for a very long time. It wasn't until I was like a teenager that I like bought my first actual keyboard. But before then, I was like regularly going into like Guitar Center and like sitting down until they like kicked me out and messing around on them. So it's hard for me to like pinpoint an exact time that I started playing. But I bought my first like actual Casio keyboard when I was like 13, 14. Yeah, around that age. That's later than I would have guessed. Yeah, okay. It was it was pretty late. And I didn't even play it that much when I bought it. It was kind of like a video game. Like, I bought it because I just, 
it was like a fun, cool thing to do. And it was only like, I think it was like 30, like 20 or $30 from like Goodwill. Nice. And so, yeah. So I got this like cheap keyboard and I would like play on it, but it was just like all my other games. So like once I got bored with that, like I wouldn't even touch the keyboard for maybe like, like two weeks or a month while I like play through, I don't know, Kingdom Hearts or something like that. And then I would like return to it when I would get bored. That's just surprising to hear because it's, you seem like a type of of piano player who like took lessons as a little <laughs> yeah. kid or like whose yeah. parents made them take lessons. Yeah. As a right. Kid. Oh man. So like sometimes I wish that I was just because I'll see other people that are really, really good that are like younger than me and they're just so good. And you're very good. Oh, Let me just <laughs> well, thank you. Preemptively say you're thank very you. good at piano. That makes me feel better. But like, I know, there will, there will be people that are really good and they're just like, yeah, I, um, I like took lessons or my parents were really behind me taking lessons. And I was like, oh, I kind of wish that mine were. But at the same time, I can remember my parents kind of wanting me to do certain things like when I was young and I just hated it. And I mm-hmm. think like a certain part of me was just like anything that they said. I was just like, I don't want to do that. Like I'm going to go do something else. And so even now, like as recently as yesterday, like I'll post a keyboard video. And somebody that, like, really knows music will, like, uh, make a, a very smart oh, comment. Yeah. Like, they'll be like, oh, this is really cool. I like that you did, you know, this, some gibberish. Or, like, it's just, like, numbers and letters yeah. that they'll they'll type down. And I feel so bad because I want to. And you're not able to speak to Yeah. That. I have no idea what they're talking oh, about. Yeah. And, they're, and, I, and I wish that I did. It's, like, a cool language that I feel like people can speak. But, no, my parents didn't... Um, didn't really want me to do music specifically. They like were really into the idea of me being an athlete, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that was like a big thing. Oh man. Yeah, but no lessons. I, I maybe I'd like to get some now or something. I would like maybe just to know like Just uh, to learn the language. Yeah, just to learn the language so I can talk to people. Because you're yeah, you're not the first person who's brought up how they sort of just done they've done their playing very like innately. Yeah. And sort of by sound. And how when they try and work with other people, they can run into, like, not being able to explain, like, what they want when they work with other people. Yeah, yeah. Or people how, even saying, like, what key is this in? Exactly. Like, and I'm just like, I don't know, dude. Like, I'm so sorry. How do you deal with that? Because you collaborate with a lot of people is what it's... I collaborate with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Every single time somebody asks me what key is something in, I just kind of apologize profusely until they figure it out themselves. Oh. Or people will just give me free reign of all of the, like, chord play and melodies. And they'll be like, I'll work on, like, the beat and drums and stuff like that. And you can just do whatever. And, like, some people are so, like, skilled that they can kind of listen to something and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like, even me, like, because I play, I've played in so many bands. And I know there's a lot of times where, like, I'll go out of practice or they're writing a new song. And if I have, like, if I'm given um, maybe, like, 20 seconds or so of just like playing the notes on the keyboard i can figure out what notes fit into the song just by going like oh that's that's off like that's mm-hmm. off that's off and then after a while i kind of will be able to map out what the notes are i can play to this song and then i just kind of like play around within that little like field and i know that that's a key i know that that's what a key is but i don't have like a, a title for it you don't have the vocabulary yeah exactly you know the language <laughs> but not the vocabulary yeah Exactly. So like usually when I'm when somebody else is working on a song, I'll just like play around on it for a little bit on piano until I can figure out, oh, okay, it's this. But I just don't know. And then people will even try to help me out and they're like, this is like B major or this is like uh like uh, 
like G sharp something mm-hmm. and they'll like say something out and I'm like I'm sorry that doesn't do anything for me I'm just yeah. gonna have to like hit wrong notes for a few <laughs> seconds until I like figure out where you are uh, so so um when you collaborate then is it how does that work for you like do you go to them do they come to you and is it like are you sending oh. are you like because it sounds like you're not physically in the space with these people very often. usually not yeah. um more recently it's been more of a like a physical thing but usually yeah it's like very much over the internet and most of my collaborations were born of me like hating the sound of my own voice so i wouldn't i would like approach a singer and be like well i can build a song if you can sing on it and that'll be our collaboration and then i started doing more like producer collaborations with people but that only kind of started once I moved out to LA because I would have a lot of people like over in my at my apartment and hanging out and you just kind of like build this level of chemistry I feel like there's not even maybe just with music but with any type of art you'll see somebody's um you'll see somebody's expression and just like I like identify with that like I so badly want to collaborate with that And I feel like a lot of times there are, I mean, other goals for collaborating. Like some people will collaborate strictly for like, it's like a good career move when they're just like, I want to work with this person because like, I want a little bit of like their fans. Maybe I can do something for them. And that's cool too. Um, That's cool too. But I also think that a lot of times I like, there will be a person with like a really cool sound where I'm just like, oh, I so badly like want to write music for this singer or yeah. I so badly want to do like chords on top of this person's drums. Like, yeah. So when it's like that, how do you go about hitting them up? Oh, always like the internet. I mean, there's <laughs> been a few times, just because like in person, like there'll be a, times where I've met people in person a bunch of times and like, I don't even really talk to them that much, but then we'll talk on the internet and then things will flow a little bit quicker that way. Mm-hmm. And, um... Um, yeah, it's always through always through the internet. It used to be through SoundCloud when SoundCloud was like in its heyday. I feel like people would um, message me and I would I would actually respond a bunch then and like work with people a bunch. But um, now, yeah, it's like just through like avenues on the internet. Twitter is like a huge, a huge yes, like it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge like seed of collaboration. Yes, it is. That's interesting. You said that. So is SoundCloud not in. I mean, it's not in the heyday anymore. Yeah. You say. SoundCloud's like in a really weird place right now where I, I know it's yeah. a company. It's yeah. a weird place. <laughs> it's a super weird place. And so uh even though like I love everything that SoundCloud's given me, I also feel like it would be silly for me personally right now not to start pivoting, which I've kind of started to do towards like Spotify and other things. Was the heyday because it was more there was there was a bigger like social yeah presence on soundcloud yeah like I, i'm not part of this scene oh, at all okay. so oh, i just need awesome. you to explain to wow. me wow how can i like make this like really concise i just feel like soundcloud used to feel hmm. okay so i i was i used to put my music on myspace that was the first time i was putting my yes. music on the internet and i i know the myspace yeah music. so myspace was dope and like and i loved what that was and then soundcloud came around and soundcloud was interesting because you would post a song you would you upload a song to SoundCloud and most of the SoundCloud community that was really active were also producers. Mm. So people were like leaving comments on your songs that weren't like, um, you know, this is boring or I love this. Yay, fun. It was like people were leaving like really detailed, you know, like, oh, you need to boost this at like uh, 50 hertz at this part. Like, this, you know, this song's maybe a little bit too long or like, I don't know where you got that snare from. And people were like making these very specific producer comments on your songs. And it was like a real community where I feel like, people that it soundcloud like created that like super producer of like the it's like 14 year old kid that can produce really well 
because you're part of a community where everybody produces. Yeah. Whereas I feel like when you were like in high school and in a band, most of the, your friends would be like, oh, this is really cool. But they wouldn't really look at your music from a, an artistic standpoint as much as they would like, oh, this is a fun song. Mm-hmm. And so SoundCloud used to be super social where like I would upload a song. People would talk to me about it, but like in a very critical way. And then we would trade secrets and like tips and like samples and stuff like that. And then I don't know if it was like an oversaturation where SoundCloud just got too big, but now it's just like that side's kind of gone. Yeah. It, yeah. What, what year was it when it was like like that? Uh, like 2010 to 2012, 13. I feel like it was like really, really cool. Like, and it was also because like electronic music was so it was suddenly seen as super viable. It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and because like I feel like before that it was like even me as a kid, I would like listen to Daft Punk or I would like listen to like ATB or like Tiesto and something. I'm like, these guys are like uh like godlike supermen <laughs> that, you know, fly all over the world and they're making all these crazy sounds and I don't understand how. And then it was like I got a hold of my first like DAW, like my first um, music making software. And then you, I think everybody, me as well as everybody else in the SoundCloud community suddenly realized like, oh, I can make a song with just a laptop. And there was like no, in, there was no like gatekeeping. Like the entry level was so low where it was like, if you had a laptop and then like most of those people weren't buying the software, even I wasn't, you know, when yeah, I like no first got was. it. So it's like, if you had a laptop and you had like a gig or two worth of space on your hard drive, you can make a song. And all of a sudden it was just like, everybody was making songs and so that like that heyday or that like apex of soundcloud it didn't last too long it felt like an eternity but like in retrospect it was only like a couple, only a couple of years yeah a couple of years this this is this is, very echo is like every single like content uh like any sort of website like that uh host content for creators yeah like my my friend hannah who produces this show oh, cool. she came up on youtube which went through a similar uh, yeah. thing where like yeah. early on <laughs> critical <laughs> communities. Yeah. And now not so much anymore. Not so much anymore. I I always joke around with my friends like um like are you familiar with like rerolling like in like an MMORPG? No. Okay. So like re uh <laughs> quick, Sorry. I guess like really quick backstory rerolling. It's like if you pick a character and you pick a class in an RPG and then you get sick of it or you're just like, oh, I really wish I had picked like a mage. I really wish. I- oh, OK. This is. Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah. You no, just re-roll, yeah, you re-roll as a complete. Yeah. So I, I okay. always tell people I if I had a chance to re-roll, I would have re-rolled as a YouTuber instead of being a music <laughs> producer because I feel like the trajectory was so different. And I can remember being like being like a kid messing around, like making noises, you know, on my laptop and then looking at other people that had like YouTube accounts like back in. 2008 mm-hmm. and and thinking like oh that's cool and even i did too i had i would i would upload like videos of me playing keyboard there's like videos of me playing keyboard from 10 years ago and i just didn't see that it could ever be like a thing yeah. like a production where like you were making money and but there was like- a point where if you had been like a youtube person at the right time that would you could have like yeah like you, you wow. could become big through youtube exactly which like, doesn't exist anymore there it are doesn't. there are not youtube musicians anymore no they're all very well established already yeah, like they're from yesteryear now, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's wow. interesting to hear that soundcloud 
went through that same progression though or is going through that same progression oh it super is so it seems like you're pivoting away from that more and now you're focusing a lot more on like the la scene and like doing stuff with people here yeah as as well as i'm sure people who are also on the internet yeah just internet people the majority of them seem to be in la (laughs) but has that changed uh i guess you're the way you work at all since now that you can be in a space with someone and you're not just alone making things does that change the way you write or make music it does wow so much did change i think that yeah i think being able to be like with people physically instead of just being a thing or a person on the internet it's definitely changed the way that i i take action i guess i'm i'm way more active now and that like now it's like i'm bringing out my keyboards I'm playing things. I do like videos of myself playing and it's because I feel more connected like physically to mm. to the scene. Whereas like when I was living in Arizona, it was kind of like I would turn on my my laptop and then I would get on SoundCloud and I was like plugged into the scene. And then like as soon as I closed my laptop, I was like back in the real world yeah. and nobody knew I was a music producer and nobody really cared. And like a lot of people didn't even know what it was. Like if I told somebody I was a producer, they'd be like of like a television show. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, what do you do? And out here, it's like, even though, even when I do like log off a of SoundCloud or I'm not playing a show, I still feel very like tuned in to the, the industry. Yeah. Like this, the space you're in, like in the yeah. people you're around or exactly. part so, of the identity you exist and have. Yeah. So I'd say the only difference is like now I just, I don't turn off as much. Mm. Like, it's just like, I'm always a music thing. They're like, I'm always looking for like opportunities for a musical chance or an opening or I'm like, Oh, this will be a really cool place to play. Whereas there, like even back in, in, in Arizona, there's a, um, there was like a community center and there's p- tons of videos of me playing at this place. It was like this old upright piano and I would play that piano just because I was bored and and I wanted to practice. I didn't have a piano at home. And at one, now that I'm out here, there's like a piano at union station and it's like not the same. It's like I'm streaming while I'm playing it. And like yeah. now there's people that will show up to see me specifically play it. Like I'm more. You play regularly at the Union Station piano? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love that thing. They got rid of it for a little while. I was really oh, sad. They did? Yeah. They got rid of it for like a month. And I was really sad they brought it back. Yeah. That's been there. Yeah. Forever. It's part of the space. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, I'm definitely more like oh, I have to be like playing music all the time. Like I'm a music person. Whereas back home, it was like a hobby, like a book. You would like put it down every now and then and return to life. I'm sure that's freeing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I'm glad. That's not, that's good to hear. Yeah, thanks. You, your life has progressed in such a positive way. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I don't know it sounds, it's good to see people who are rewarded for their work, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I like that narrative being reinforced. <laughs> As opposed to, like, nothing worked out. Yeah. I tried really hard and, it, and then failed. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> um, so when you start a song, where where does, like, your... Where does that nugget come from? Like, what are you inspired by that makes you, like, I want to oh. make this type of thing? Yeah. And then how do you know it's done? Oh, how do I know a song's done? Worked through it, yeah. Okay, so the first question, as far as like what gives me that like first bump of inspiration, it used to be, it used to be music. It used to be like when I was living in Arizona, I would listen to music intentionally, and like, and so the music that I was making was very, 
geared towards whatever I was listening to. So like I was making chiptune for a while and it was because I was playing a lot of video games. And then like I joined like a pop punk band. So I started writing songs with like pop punk chords. And then um, when I moved out to LA, now like all the inspiration just comes from everywhere. Like it's just, it's such a crazy city where like I can get on um, like a bus and like go to Union Station, then get on a train, get on like a subway. And I'm just hearing things and I'm smelling things and I'm seeing things and people. And by the time I get home at the end of like that five to nine hour trip, I just have like ideas or things that I want to make now. So is it based on like things you see and like experiences? You yeah, have it's more? super visual. It's not so much sound anymore. Like mm. when I listen to music, I don't so much get inspired unless that music is paired by some very strong visual. Like um, there is a <laughs> there's actually this really, really cool place in downtown called Grand Central Market where there's like tons of restaurants and there's a place next to it that's like a smaller, like little cafeteria type place. And they were always playing like Brazilian jazz and bossa nova in there. And I do listen to bossa nova every now and then, but there was like always people dancing in there. And it wasn't like there was no dance floor. It was just like people dancing around. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I remember going home and like working on music. And then only when I was playing it in an Instagram stream, someone was like, this is like a really like bossa nova vibe. And then like I listened to it. And I was like, oh, it is. And I went back to that place and I was like, you know what? This had to have come from that. Like, the, the, like I didn't just sprout Bossa Nova vibes into a song. And so I do get uh, inspiration from um, sound, but it's very like movies and like paintings. I love going to museums now. I like rediscovered museums, museums this year. Are yeah. <laughs> and like I always come back home from the museum with like, oh, this is what I want to make. And I want to make something that like looks like sounds like that looked. Have you sense. been to the Museum of Jurassic Technology? No, I did that. That phrase sounds very confusing. What is that? It's a museum that is a parody of a history museum. Whoa. That's the easiest way to explain it. Is it in LA? It's in Culver City. Oh, cool. Okay. So that is close to you. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend it. It's a very fun experience. Um, so there'll be oh. like exhibits that are like made up things and it's just spoken oh. in the, and their, their little plates are described describe the object in like the very flowery language of like a history like a natural yeah. history museum <laughs> oh man like it's legit like it's like a real thing that happened yeah oh okay so and then at the top floor of the place is like a tea room with that is oh it's so you can get free tea and cookies oh yeah free tea heck yeah All a right. borzoi who lives in there a what that dog the borzoi what <laughs> Look, at, <laughs> look, it up, look it up later. It's, okay. a, it's a very beautiful, like, lithe dog that, like, looks like a deer. Is it and a real dog? Furry. Yeah. It's, you'll, you've seen it on the internet. I know you've seen this. Is animal. it, like, a dog or is this a whole breed of? It's a breed of dog. Oh, okay. It's a breed of dog. It's a breed of dog. <laughs> okay. And, and, yeah, and then there's also, like, this, like, open air room that has, like, a bunch of doves living in it. And, like, there's this guy oh. who, like, plays the accordion in, in there. And it's... See, that's it's, cool. I like that. It's... The whole thing is just this little, like, nugget of, like, a weird experience. Yeah. Which I recommend to people. Okay. But anyway, go there when you have the chance. Jurassic technology. That's cool. Yeah. That, and see, like, something like that would never happen back at home. Like, I would <laughs> never be able to go to, like, something like that. That's so cool. And I think it's owned by, like, a family. Oh. Like I think it, I think it's only owned by like five people, and then they have like donors who are like Goodness. into the idea of this place. So I'm pretty sure it's not like a weird gentrifying thing. Which, yeah, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always good. That's always rests easy on my conscience. Yeah, but I recommend it. 
but yeah, so you've refound museums and like Yeah, that's oh man. Oh oh holy crap. Okay, so I went to the I actually got lost and I was just wandering around, which happens a lot for me in LA and it's like half the fun. And I wandered into the Natural History Museum, which it was the first Tuesday of the month, which I guess makes them free. Yeah. So they just let me walk in and walk around. And there was like <laughs> these kids having like a field trip from school. And I kind of just like tagged along with this like elementary school field trip and was like looking at all these animal things. And I think that since I took a, took field trips to museums when I was a kid, I always kind of looked at museums as like a, a child's thing. Like a, it's a thing to oh, educate no, children. No. I know, I know. Oh, so no, horrible. No. <laughs> and so then I started looking at some of the animals and I was like, oh, I'm like actually like pretty hype and into this. Like, this is really cool. And then like, I went home and I was like writing these, like really like I, um, I recorded a bunch of, uh, like birds because like my neighborhood's just like overran with birds all the time like I recorded recorded a bunch of bird sounds on my my phone and now I'm like making this like really like nature driven like cool ambient lo-fi song and it was like definitely because of like a bunch of like taxidermy looking like mm. animals that were at the <laughs> museum like that I would have never made that song if it weren't for that so yeah I definitely get a lot of the nuggets just from like wandering around and I try to encourage other people to do that. Like if people have writer's block, like just like get out of your space and usually that can help. Yeah, that really echoes uh, something. Lots of people have told me like how as their art progresses, they take inspiration less and less from like the similar type of thing that they're doing and more from yeah. just like outside of that space. Because there's a certain point where you just become very familiar with like everything that's being made in like exactly. your sphere. Exactly. And so going anywhere else is like, yes, a breath of fresh air. It is. It's so nice. And you can like kind of just free yourself up to mess around in the space. Um, but yeah, that's where the inspiration comes from. I guess knowing when a song is done is I think it's a combination between deadlines. <laughs> and <laughs> Because like truth be told, if I had an infinite amount of time, I don't know if I would ever stop making a song. That's so funny. Yeah. I love that answer. And it, like and it sucks because I've had songs like that where where I I save I never overwrite a save state. So it's like when I finish making oh, a no. song, <laughs> I have like 60 versions of the Your song. Your archive is incredible. Yeah, man. it's ridiculous. <laughs> and so sometimes I'll listen to a song that like I released maybe 2015 or 2012 and I'm like, oh, I would have changed this and this and that. This is boring. I go to add like a cool chord right there to like spice it up. And then I'm like, I just released songs as recently as like last month. And I'm sure if I listen to that same song in like 2019, I'll be like, oh my God, like I was missing the mark. I could have done this and this and that. With that song. So I don't think I'm ever really done writing a song. I think I just either put it out because there was a deadline or I put it out because I've reached a block that I can't break through where I'm just like, I don't know what else to do. And either I can wait until December where I will know what else to do or I can just put it out now and like work on something else. And so, yeah, I don't I don't think they're ever really finished. <laughs> Interesting. Have you ever revisited something old before? And actually, like, went and reworked it? Or do you actually do you let things lay? Uh, yeah, I, I, I did do that once. And it was so bad. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> it and sounds, I, if, if you didn't know your, your art better, it, it would sound like a good idea. Like, oh, it's cool to, like... Exactly. Like, taught, like, in, like inter, intermingle with your old self. But yes. But it can be very oh, bad. <laughs> yeah, it, like, it's, it's like a romantic idea of, like, oh, I'm, like, collaborating with, like, a 2010 Omni. Yeah. 
But then, like, I don't think that I would like 2010. Like, I don't think those two people get along. And I actually, like, feel like I'm fighting with somebody when I'm, like, trying to change the song. And I'm, like, or, like, add something to it. I'm, like, it's impossible. It's so hard. Yeah, I don't know. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, can you play another thing, please? Yes. I will play Love Letters. I'll play, like, a tidbit of Love Letters. That's a fun one. suspicion that you think of your songs through projects yes okay yeah <laughs> oh yeah i do yes because it's it sounds like you make groups of songs like yeah i do like then, little lumps and then completely switch up and do something yes. completely. yeah okay. <laughs> why why okay so i don't have I don't I don't have a very like a streamlined way of making music. I'm I'm very inconsistent. I'll put it that way. So I might make like a like a like a hip hop beat or something. And then I'm like, oh that was cool. Like I'll do it just because I I wanted to prove that I could. And then I'll make like a really cool classical song. And then I'll sing on a song. And then I'll have stuff like signals that's like jazzy. And then I'll do like a really hyper electronic, like 180 BPM song, and then a drum and bass. And it's like stuff is all over the place. And so instead of like releasing um, songs one at a time and having people go like, I think he's like actually gone mad. Like none of this stuff makes sense anymore. I try to like if I make a jazz song, I kind of put it on a shelf 
like a mental shelf and then I'll work on a lot of other stuff. And then over time, that shelf will equal like eight jazz songs. So that's what I was wondering. And then I'll just put out all of those and it'll seem like, oh, wow, he just had this really like consistent block of time. And I'm like, no, that's just like I have to add it up. Like I have um, like these orchestral scores, like really, really dramatic, like strings and stuff like that. And I even like uh, hired like uh, actual a violinist and cellist and to like record it and it's like those songs are just sitting like it's because there's not enough of them for me to like release this thing so i just have these songs from like 2016 even that i'm like waiting until i have enough of them to put out yeah so that makes sense to me because you're incredibly prolific oh thanks <laughs> oh man yeah no you wow, really you really really are <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of content that you make yeah. all the time but because of how much there is, I was like, I have a, I bet that like not all these songs are made all at once. Oh, heavens no. Yeah. yeah. They're all the man. They're so spread apart. Yeah. So so because of that, do will a song okay, we'll use signals as an example then. Okay. So were are there songs from the that prod EP project, whatever yeah. that are much much older than the oh, ones yeah. that are like <laughs> yes. also in that batch with them. Oh man, absolutely yes. Do you do they feel different to you because of that, or is it that they're similar enough in the way that they're put together that you're like it's oh, they're fine. It's like outward confirmation. So like Sig, all right. So Signals has a song on it called Spring Street, and Spring Street is actually the song I used to play while my band from 2012 was sound checking. So like while we were sound checking, wow. I would play that to like, <laughs> oh, the keyboard works and then and then I would turn off the keyboard. Like that was all I would do and it was just kind of like this exercise. And so whenever I sat down at a keyboard, if I didn't know what I was going to play, my hands would kind of like automatically go and play what is now called Spring Street. It didn't even have a name until this year. And it was just kind of like this exercise. And so even when I play it, I feel like this super old song whereas I play Love Letters and I'm like I wrote that this year. People from the outside see it as all being part of the same project, mm -hmm. and them saying it enough makes me feel like Spring Street is like, oh, it's part of Signals, like it's okay. this jazzy piece. It wasn't even a jazz song. It was like I used to play that on like a square lead, like it was like a chip tune song. Yeah, and interesting. So, yeah, and also <laughs> because I, I I played it with like my piano, and I had like upright bass, uh, MIDI, and I had the same drum set that I used for all the other Signal songs. It kind of fits in with like the overall theme. Cool. But okay. it's definitely super old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but but because other people don't view it that way, you kind of are able to like self-correct. Yeah. Brain. I just like trick myself into believing it's new. <laughs> okay. Then, so here's another thing. So you made, when did, when did you put out Speed Dream? Oh, um, I started Speed Dream this year. I started putting it out this year, like in the springtime. And did I? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I started putting it out like in the springtime and the last song of it comes out tomorrow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's a very long piece of work. I listened to it all today so I can Oh, be holy fresh crap. Oh man, you listened to all of it? Yeah. Oh, that's a that's an undertaking. Thank you. <laughs> holy crap. But I was about that's to ask, so much to I was about ask. To ask him, like so it ends sad. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> but there's one more. Okay. <laughs> the thing is I was like this is a very it's super dark. pessimistic yeah. <laughs> viewpoint if this is the end of this project. Cuz it starts off so like up and like and poppy and it's like colorful and and yeah. Okay, so Yeah, I was like 
A car crash? <laughs> that's it? That's just it? Just like, yeah, just cra- like that. The <laughs> okay, last thing. This makes me happy because I was like, I can't, I was very surprised to be honest. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Okay, good. Because what Speed Dream is, is because like earlier we talked about projects and like different genres and stuff like that. And what Speed Dream was, it's a lot of things. I could talk for like hours about what Speed Dream is, but it's like, it's a story. I wrote the story. It's very different from everything else you've made. Yeah. It's like a, and what I wanted to do was write something that had, that was a story. It had an arc and people had different themes and if like there was a race going on, it was going to be like race type music. If there is like a sad scene going on, it was going to be sad music. If there's a fight, it's going to be fight music. And I was like challenging myself to have to do everything musically to where it like kind of goes a lot of different places, which kind of like lends to like my style of being kind of all over the place anyway. Mm-hmm. But what I also wanted to do was I wanted to like make it unexpected and like rand, not random, but like not like a typical like story. Like, I even still, like, Speed Dream, I love Speed Dream so much because I get to, like, I get to pretty much, like, write a movie and mm-hmm. then and then score it. But for it, like, ending sad and going to these 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 weird places, I, I, I'm making Speed Dream, at least this, like, little story of it that I've done at this point, like, match my, my, like, uh, progress, like, kind of, like, musically, how it, like, starts off, like, really bright and poppy, like my music was, like, three, four years ago. And then it, like, gets into this area where there's, like, aggressive songs, like, kind of in the middle. And, and like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to express as many different things as I can with music. Like, I want to make people, like, sad or make people, like, angry and make people happy. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, the song, one of the songs that I liked the most, but also one of the ones I was most surprised that, like, you put out was... um it's it's a collab- it's a collaborative one and now I'm forgetting the name Ooh, of it. Um, but it's the one right before the current last song is in it the playlist. The is it um It's the one that's like straight rap almost. Oh, like Swerve and Protect. Swerve the, and like, Protect. The, the cop one. Yes. Yeah, okay. So that that song I used to have I I used to have a lot of different projects. So obviously I have um a lot of different genres that come out under Omniboy, but I used to have different like identities for each one and i like started up a whole like soundcloud account for them and like this one was going to make trap music and this one was going to make like lo-fi music and then when i started making speed dream i just had all of them like right on it and like so when you look at like the producer credits even of speed dream it's like there's producers that are like credited as producing like episodes and it's just me it's just like me and a different <laughs> name and so like <laughs> The the like okay. yeah the like really aggressive like rap one is like there's this guy that is a rapper um goes by Fuge in New York and he wrote like all of his lyrics like he wrote that episode and then I made music under it where I was just like I'm just gonna try to make like a really weird noisy like aggressive yeah that one was the yeah. most aggressive song on the yeah. whole like project at this point yeah thanks oh thanks for even listening to that no That's so yeah cool. and it was it. I was just, I, yeah, I was surprised by that song. So I'm like, this doesn't really line up in like the typical catalog of yeah. like an Omni Boy sound. Cool. Oh, but I good. liked it a lot. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. And I'm glad that it did that. I'm glad that it it had that because I think a lot of people um, worry, and including me, I used to worry about my art being inconsistent. I used to be like, I don't want people to listen to this song and be like, well, I came and listened to Omni Boy for this. And then he put out this other thing that was like jarring. And I used to worry about that. 
And then I worried about the opposite of like being trapped where people are like, all your stuff sounds the same. (laughs) And so now I like really like it when somebody's like, oh, you produced that? Or like, you made that? And I'm like, yeah. Well, when you you actually like look at your SoundCloud, it's very clear that you have a wide breadth of like the different types of things you do. So then it's not a surprise anymore. Yeah. But like if you were just listening for, but all I say that, but also a lot of your stuff does have a certain like tone that's good and that's good because i feel like they're it's different enough but yeah. like if you can see it's competing anything, ideas but yeah. it levels out in the end if you can see anything consistent that makes me feel good because i mean that's what i used to worry about i used to worry about not having a sound like if there is a if there's a, if i can have a sound without all my songs sounding the same i feel like i've won yeah like you've done it then, yeah you have that you have a sound but now you're yeah you have different types of songs which cool. is what's something i do like about your art oh that's so cool thank yeah. you yeah of course and so what i was gonna say about speed dream is that so it's a concept album i'm gonna call it a concept yeah. album for, okay yeah just because that's easier it's definitely easier <laughs> than whatever the heck it is but it was i'm like it's all these like jonelle monet levels of like oh wow trying to like do a lot of different things yeah yeah and so it's you said it in the on the your song cloud it says it's part of your like dream series. Yeah. But it feels like a departure from the other two like dream yeah. things you oh, put out. Oh wow, holy crap. You know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So why why is it part of that same series or at least you say it's part of that same series but it is definitely like completely different. It's so different. Okay, yeah. I say it was part of that same series because when I was when I was making music um when we were talking about um, projects I was making so many random things that whenever I would make like even three or four songs that sounded the same I would put dream on it I would put like something dream like this is like night dream this is daydream and it's like night dream and daydream are like old chiptune things and then I released uh, nice dream which is like on SoundCloud and that was like more official and then love dream and so this speed dream started out as it was just going to be like another thing because like love dream is like a love story speed dream was going to be like a story about a, a like a street racer and then once I started, I just feel like there was nobody to like curb my imagination, which maybe could be a bad thing. Like I started like, oh, cool. Like it started off, it was only going to be four songs. Yeah. And it was going to be like one <laughs> song was a race. Like one song was the cops coming. And, you know, it was like very, very short and sweet. And it is much longer yeah, than that. And now it's, it's longer like than 20 anything plus. you've ever made. Yeah. yeah like I because I got like my friends to do like uh, voice acting on it. And then like I did the voices of like three characters. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I started expanding and expanding and I was like, oh, I'm like set like seven songs in. And then that turned into like 10 and it's like now I'm at 21. And so it's, (laughs) yeah. a lot of songs. Yeah. How did it jump from that four four song thing? Like when did other people come onto the project? Because I imagine that's when you're like, oh, this has to be bigger than what I was originally thinking. Well, because I was going to, it was going to be like, what it was going to be was a song. And then in the middle, there was going to be like a skit. Like a lot of people do like skits in their albums. And I was like, that'll be cool to have like a little dialogue. So to like build a story. And then um, I kept thinking about a way to end the story. So like, I don't know if like anybody that like listens to this doesn't know what Speed Dream is. I guess like minor spoilers is like there are two friends. There's like two girls that become friends in it. And it was supposed to end when they became friends. They were supposed to like become friends. It was going to be like, let's ride off into the sunset. And then um, I was just like, why? Like, well, I don't have to end it right there. I can like make it keep going. And so 
I added more characters, and I was like, oh, this is getting pretty complicated. There are a lot of characters. There's a lot of characters now. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like... I'm surprised by the amount of characters. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. Okay. Yeah, there's a a heavy cast. than you need to do. There's a cast. Yeah. There's a whole cast. So much work. (laughs) And, like, I was like, I want... And then I wanted, like, there to be, like, a chase scene, like a a chase scene. And I was like, there's no way that I can build up enough plot for a chase scene to like hold any weight yeah like narrative wise like nobody would care and like with the car crash that you were talking about it's like nobody would care if it was just like three songs into and they're like oh i guess these characters whose names i don't even remember and so it it, so yeah it expanded and then like when i brought in other people yeah that made it a little bit longer and oh man yeah it's a whole thing now it is a whole thing (laughs) yeah it's a good thing oh thanks it's I'm happy to hear that you're going to finish it or that there's yeah. another, another song. There's one more song. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <laughs> oh. This, this podcast will come out after you, after, yeah, obviously. Yeah, after that's come out. But, yeah, cool. Yeah, the speed, like, and it's just, it's, um, it's so much, it's so much, like, content packed into a, a little bit. And I've been, like, really fortunate where, like, the the girl Mari Rallis, who does, like, all the character design, she's, like, the art director for it. And she designed all the characters. And, like, I have, like, several friends that's, like, come on and voice the characters. And, like, I've done all this stuff that now, like, I would like to see Speed Dream go on. And one of the reasons why it's, like, I... I never in the in the past episodes have given like a really good like oh this is a good ending place because of like kind of and I think a lot of people do that when they're like writing stories they'll leave like a little bit where like oh I can pick up from here if people wanted more of it but yeah I like the idea of ending on kind of um open ended things that I can expand on later yeah that makes sense this is also, it sounds like you did all these songs fairly recently. So this is a case where yeah. they actually came out okay, sequentially. Yeah. So uh, part of that was my own, I get, and I'm getting, I'm getting better about that recently, but I feed too much off of like the energy around me. And sometimes it's a good thing. Cause if like, if I'm, if I'm up on stage, you know, and everybody's having a good time in the audience, I'm having a good time on stage, you know, everybody's dancing, I'll dance. Nobody's dancing. It's a little bit more of like a tacit cold performance. And so with Speed Dream, I think I made like the first three chapters and I put out the first chapter, which is basically just like a monologue on top. It's like a thing, like a minute and a half long. And people are like, oh, what is this? And then I released the second chapter roughly a week later. People were like, oh, this is cool. And then I released the third chapter and I was like, oh, like people seem to like it. And then after I released that one, they were like, oh, this is like, this is great. Wow. Can't wait for next week. And I was like, what do you mean next week? Like there's not like, I didn't say anything about next week, but I had been releasing <laughs> them like roughly a week apart. Yeah. You've been serializing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and so like when that happened, I was like, oh crap. So I like, I, then I started like working against the clock and like I was actually making a song every like seven days which wow. is very, very difficult because obviously like working with like dialogue and that's like a whole nether nightmare that mm-hmm. I had never experienced. But yeah, up until Speed Dream, like I would put songs on the shelf and then when I would put them out like signal style, some of them were very old, some of them were very new. But with Speed Dream, it was very much like I'm making these songs as I go. And ugh, yeah, it was it's it's hard. 
Yeah, it also sounds, maybe I'm wrong, but it sounds like these songs just are like faster songs. Oh, yeah. Like, like in BPM, like, like BPM speed. Wise, oh, yes, yes. Okay. Like, as opposed to like signals, which is feels more representative of your like your like classical piano yes, playing. Exactly. They're very fast. And that's because Nice Dream okay, so like Nice Dream was called Nice Dream because it was a play on the word ice cream. And so all of the songs <laughs> were like dessert themed and like I didn't put that together. Yeah, but that was like the whole thing. That's cute. I like that. And so they were all like sweet songs. And then Love Dream was like it was a love thing. Speed Dream was supposed to be just very fast songs like yeah. that's why it was called initially called speed Dream. and it makes of, sense because it's called speed Dream. yeah but but then these yeah. songs just as a project are seem to be like faster than all the all the other oh. art you've put out yeah i'm just like i'm just like slapping them together and the cool thing about that is is a lot of them are done like live in that i'll um i'll have somebody like they send me their dialogue and none of these people like know each other that's what's really cool is like the voice actors I don't think any of them have met each other, actually. Yeah, they're, like, all over the place. And so, like, they'll send me their voices, and I'm putting together a conversation. And then once the conversation is, like, playing, I'll, like, play keyboard behind them and try to, like, fit the mood of, like, what the conversation is. And so it is a little bit faster because it's, like, there's already a thing. There's already an idea. Because, like, a lot of my songs are, like, sitting down, coming up with an idea, fleshing out that idea, trying to see it to its fruition kind of how we talked about like not knowing when a song is over i'm just like i'm just trying like chase this idea but with speed dream it's like this is a song where so and so gets in car and drives to this place so i already know like the scope of the project so i can quickly feel fill it in with music mix it and like master it and then put it out and i never have to worry like is this finished yet because i'm like of course it like this was the whole point of this episode was Mm -hmm. like so yeah interesting they're way faster yeah and it's interesting that like the songs are sort of like reflecting like your work style also like for this project. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Um so does this is like the first time you've done something like this, like this type of thing, right? This like what we're doing right now? Yes. Uh, no, no, oh. I, no, I mean no, 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 not, not I I mean like Speed Dream is like the first type of like Oh, like a narrative. Narrative like work you've made. Yeah, it's the first. Do you want to like score like oh my god so badly okay that's all i want that's all i want to do and like most of the reason that speed dream happened is because i was like well no one wants me to do the soundtrack to like their thing so i'll just like make a thing and then i'll do the soundtrack to it and i'll just keep doing that until somebody's like hey this is good you know it is good maybe do the soundtrack. this is to exactly this thing. what you're supposed to do it's proof of concept now yeah. people know you can N- do no this. i had never even heard that term until like a week ago somebody said that and i was like well, oh, i don't yeah. know what the heck that is but yeah, that's what I was trying to do, just giving myself work until somebody else does it. You're going to get, if people are going to come <laughs> after you, it's going to happen. You'll Man. do like some sort of video game or uh, yeah. and or cartoon. I'd love to. Oh, man, I'd love to. That's like, I don't want to get like off topic, but that's that's where my I want my final resting place to be. Because I feel like, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that sounds so dark. Oh, yeah, because that's, that's death. That means death. I mean, like. <laughs> Man, there. I guess no people don't say that. Uh, like I want that. That's like my relaxing. Cause like I love writing music. Performing's fun too. Like SoundCloud's fun and Spotify's fun. But like everybody that I've known, that's like like one of my friends gets to uh, help and do a lot of music for like BoJack Horseman, and it's just like listening to his his life and what he gets to do. Or like <laughs> I'm just like wow. Or like Ivy and Sarasu do like all the yeah. Steven Universe stuff. Like I got to play a show with them. Who does the BoJack Horseman music? Um. 
I don't know what his name is. I just know like my friend, his name is, I mean, his name is Chad, but I don't know. Like, I don't think. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I'm looking for an artist. Yeah, name. like if you go, if you go into, and he like, he did a lot of production uh, under Laserdisc. Like, so you okay. can look that up. It's like electronic music too. And he, talking to him and then like talking to like Ivy and Sarasu about their thing. It's just like, that's what I want to do because I'm trying to, I love the idea of like telling stories with music or make like conveying mm-hmm. a feeling. I feel, I feel like that's where I'm going. My goal used to be like just making people dance, which is good too. That's a, that's a really worthy, worthy goal. But I also feel like sometimes I'll be really proud of something and wow, this is going off topic. But like, if you're like at a show and you see people in the crowd, the way they're reacting to music, you can't really see deep emotional catharsis. Like mm-hmm. when somebody like connects with a song, there's not really a visceral like reaction to that. Yeah. But if something's danceable, you can see people dancing and you're like, oh, this song's good. And so like if I write a song that's really quote unquote good, but isn't danceable, sometimes at a show that doesn't translate. But if like somebody wrote that track for like an episode of Adventure Time or something like that, it absolutely translates. And people are like, wow, like I really love that song. I really like that. Yeah, no, people love narrative art. I mean, people love stories is what it actually comes down to. Exactly. So I feel like that's like my final that like my final goal is to just be like scoring things writing stories through music this is a very doable goal yeah yes you're you're gonna get there uh man you just need to talk to someone who is pitching a cartoon and be like i will score your whole thing yeah that's absolutely that's it that's That's all you gotta do (laughs) (laughs) because the secret is everyone's super desperate to find someone who will do music for them (laughs) that's that's what put me in front of these people it's because cartoon people don't know music people and music people don't know cartoon yeah. people even though everyone wants to work together exactly it's so it's so funny it's so funny how that works because i remember thinking that like being younger being like a teenager i used to think that if somebody had a movie or if somebody if somebody had anything and they needed somebody from another art form to do it they were gonna like get down on their hands and knees and like study and research and dig but most of the time it's like whoever is like good and available and, and like and available are, yeah keys are exactly available? good and available and so like the people like usually like if you're kind of like stuffed up in your room somewhere like people aren't gonna like go out of their way to find you mm-hmm. you kind of have to make yourself available and good and like visible to them and so i feel like i've been making steps in that direction but yeah that's definitely like no, the you're, goal. In, you're in the space though. yeah <laughs> uh, do you know louis zong i do okay oh man yeah i do know louis zong okay louis is great louis is wonderful louis he was, he was also on this podcast oh really yeah i in, i interned on his show holy but, crap oh man <laughs> I what i mean to say is knowing i feel like louis is also one of these people who, yeah incredibly prolific uh dabbles in art and also music <laughs> and i i, I don't know he's, he's similarly one of those people who like it's i see him i'm like yeah this it's doable you, you yeah. can do it <laughs> i love louis yeah louis is wonderful louis is like, very sweet yeah he sounds like a sweet and the, uh i feel like louis has we are in the same like weird social there's like i feel like there's a weird sect of people you guys are in the same social network yeah that just like post like cute funny short musical like blips and so i'll see his videos and like retweet and he'll see my videos and like it's like we talk now but it's like it's so cool that i feel cool that there's other people that are like doing that someone's gonna hit you up you'll (laughs) it might be who will hit you up for something (laughs) i don't know but yeah you're it's gonna happen 
Yeah. It's gonna happen. You're cause you're in the you're in the space. You're in the Twitter to <laughs> the Twitter space. Yeah, Twitter's great for that. Yeah, it's, it's Oh my god. It's become this weird thing where like you're right, there are all these you're this group of people who like will post little experiments yeah. of their instruments onto Twitter that are like a minute long. It's a so whole thing. True. It's a thing. Yeah. Cool. Can you play another thing for us, please? Yes. Okay, I played Union Station, I played Love Letters. I'll play I'll play uh I'll play Spring Street since we talked about that guy and we were talking about how old that song is. <laughs> okay.
Great. Cool. <laughs> that song wasn't fully fleshed out like this when you used it to test the sound. Was yeah. It? Yeah. It wasn't. How long was it before? Oh. What part of it was Oh, the I can play you exactly. Yeah, what, what okay. was the test part? So the sound check for um, the song was just the, the, like, the little verse part. And like that's what I would do. They were like, "All right, keyboard one," and I would just do that on keyboard one. And then they see keyboard two, and I would do that same thing on keyboard two. And then, and then my spotlight was over. <laughs> I would go like <laughs> sit in the corner. So somewhere. that was the base for the song, though. Yeah, cool. and then the song definitely grew. Yeah, cool. I just, yeah, I just wanted to know. Yeah, since you mentioned that was a thing. <laughs> Which, speaking of, so what happened to that pop punk band? Oh man, um, that pop punk band had an interesting. God, it was just me and this other guy, Nick Miller, who's so great. And he's he's super talented. He was like a guitarist. We went to the same high school and we played in the same band, like a different band, kind of like a like a like an indie rock band. And then that band broke up and we were like, well, let's just make our own thing. So we made a band and we like toured a little bit and we had like we were like Arizona big. We like got to play like cool. Like we played the clubhouse and we got to open for like dope bands. And then um, I went on tour with another band. I was just kind of like every single time an opportunity fell in my lap. I was like, yeah, because I was like a teenager and I was just like, I'm the biggest thing in the world. I thought <laughs> that I was like, I'm going to be huge. And so the this band saw me playing in that pop punk band and they took me out on this tour because they were going on tour with like like uh, blood on the dance floor and like broken side and like all of these bands that didn't sound like us at all but i was like they have a huge fan base so we went to all these sold out shows and i was gone for a month and when i came back the guy from my band uh captain of the sun was the name of the band had gotten engaged and it was like i was like whoa what like I hadn't been, how long I had been gone? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's he, a life change. Yeah, so I had gotten engaged, then uh, he got married, and it was cool, and I was happy for him, but it, there is kind of this, this, there was a switch, where like, he was a husband now, and I was still very much like a 19-year-old, like, rascal. Were, were, were they much older than you, or? No, he was actually younger than me. <laughs> I'm sorry. If he listens to this, it sounds like I'm slamming him. I'm definitely not. Like, it's cool. And, like, he's still super happily married. But We're I remember. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, see. <laughs> whenever I hear anyone getting married in their teens, I just, like. Yeah. I, I have a visceral reaction. So I'm like, I just want them to, like, be okay. Yeah, just to, like, chill for a while. Like, and that's the thing. So if this was happening now, I would have been. I mean, I was still very nice about it then. I wasn't, like a like, a jerk or anything. But I remember when it happened. I was the epitome of like that guy that you see in like the Judd Apatow movies. That's just like, <laughs> man, you're getting married. Like, what about the gang? We got to get the boys back together. And so it's like he was getting married and he was having like a really good, cool adult life. And he was like using words like mortgage and things like that. And I was like, holy crap. So I had just gotten off this tour with this like really active band and so i just kind of started playing with that band more and the band capital of the sun never like really officially broke up we just kind of stopped playing shows and we had like kind of like a really weird uh reunion show like we weren't getting back together we just had another show like i think like two years later something crazy and like a bunch of people came and it was really cool but it was yeah that's what happened to that band it's just like he got married and I was like doing a bunch of other stuff. And so it was like a natural split. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you've always been playing music, though, and it was just like a matter like you were playing music in whatever like avenue was open to you. Exactly. Like I just had no like if somebody was like basically the the way I joined my first band is I had a keyboard. But somebody posted a MySpace bulletin. A cool person posted a MySpace bulletin. Like, there's this like this guy named Jaron, Jaron, and he, he was like the cool like hippie kid in school. Like, he smoked weed when like I didn't know that was like a thing really. And like he like would come to school with no shoes on, and like he was cool. He would always talk about like French kissing people, and I was like, this guy's dope. Like this guy, <laughs> like he's got all the answers. And so he he posted a MySpace bulletin where he was like basis needed and it was kind of like in the day i don't know if this is still that day but like nobody really wanted to play bass it was like a no just no one wanted to play people wanted to like be the lead like guitarist they wanted to be like the attention guy. and i was like i'll do anything to be in a band like i was mm-hmm. i was like i've seen music videos bands are great like they get to like play warp tour and they get to be on mtv so <laughs> i <laughs> both yeah, both no things. <laughs> both things that were like my entire reason for joining a band. Yeah. And so there was somebody that I, I I was like kind of friends with. He was like friends of the family who had this old Yamaha bass and let me borrow it. And I literally taught myself like Seven Nation Army on the bass guitar. And I was like, I'm I'm good. Like I'm good enough to be in this band. And I went <laughs> and I went to the band's like rehearsal. Oops, sorry. I went to the rehearsal and they played a song. And they were just like, just like make up something to this. You know, this is like your rehearsal. And I was like, okay, cool. Make a bass line. Yeah, exactly. So I like did the thing that I do on piano where I just keep hitting wrong notes until I find where the song is. And I was like, okay, here's where it is. And I kind of like messed around in my, in that area. And they were impressed or whatever. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I didn't have an amp. I was using their amp. I was playing the bass guitar with a quarter, which now I realize like you're not supposed to do. It's like bad for the strings. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, I didn't know what I was doing, but I just so badly wanted to be in a band. And from that point on, if somebody was like, hey, we need somebody to do like backup vocals for this thing, I was like, okay, cool. Or if like we need somebody to do keys, I was like, I can do that. Like I joined a band that was like a reggae rock band, like all of the songs. And I love that band and like all the people in it. But like all of the songs kind of sounded like that college, like beer pong, like frat house. We actually had a song called beer pong. And so, it was a reggae band. It was a reggae band. <laughs> and so I'm not a reggae musician, but it's like it only took like a, a few seconds of like, OK, here's like the organ sound. just yeah. going like boop, boop, It was boop, very like, the- <laughs> minimal effort for you to play in this band. Yeah. So you're like, sure. <laughs> and so I joined and then like it opened up a, cool, a lot of cool opportunities for me to join another band. And that led to another band. And so it was just anytime somebody was like, we need this. I was like, OK, I can like think I can teach myself how to do that and then like show up and do like a half good job. And yeah, and you kept basically you kept hitting the wall until you actually found the space you wanted to be in. Exactly. Like Fruity Loops, the thing that I make music in happened that like somebody like I didn't know what production was like somebody just gave me like some pot like pirated version of it on a on like a burned CD back when like I don't even know if people burn things on CDs anymore. So I don't anyway, somebody gave me a burned CD and I was just like trying to make music because I was I was messing around with RPG Maker. Mm hmm. Um, which was like a, a program that you used to like make your own like mock RPG games. Yeah. And I was like, I want to make music for it. So that's the only reason like I got into production because I was like, I want to make music for this game that I also made. It was like Speed Dream before Speed Dream was a thing. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. So I was just any opportunity, any opening I was jumping at. So then 
what's the best and like what's the weirdest show you've ever played? Oh, okay. So usually I, I avoid superlatives, but this is good. Best and, best <laughs> and weirdest are best and separate also. Separate. Okay. Or together, whatever you whatever you have. Uh, if I had to pick a best show, it's hard. It's really hard because the metric is weird and wishy-washy but i'd say a really really great show that i played that i can't think of any off the top of my head that were like left as big as an impact on me there was a show called jack la that i got to play and jack was like this scene this like internet scene i guess or like this guy named simon wybray in like london was doing this radio show and for whatever reason he was like featuring a lot of these like cute like this scene that like i was kind of in and maxo and like divio and all these other acts and so he kept doing this radio show featuring those people it kind of grew and then he took it on tour and then it grew more and then he finally planned a show in la which of course is like the like de facto music capital of the country and so he did this show here and he flew out all of the people that had been like mainly featured on this mix that this radio show that he was doing so there was people there from like japan people there from australia people there from canada and london and like the uk like there were people all over the UK and people from Europe. It was crazy. And the show started at like 2 p.m. and went to like midnight. And it was just this really crazy DIY thing. And I remember that show being so cool because it was like internet people. It was like all these people. <laughs> like there will be a lot of people that would come up to me and they're like, oh, you're Omniboy, right? And I'm like, yeah. And I shake their hand. It's not that I don't care, but I'm just like, oh, what a nice person. And they're like, you know, like, it's me, like, Death Pop-Tarts. And I'm like, oh, holy crap. You, like, wow. You're very tall. Like, it was like, oh, I was seeing all these people yeah, on the yeah, internet. Yeah, people in the real world. Yeah. And I think that that's a very, like, people maybe that were, that were too old to really have a social life on the internet as a, as a younger person don't know how bizarre that was to mm -hmm. like have real life friends and then have like an entire like community online and then to meet that have all that community in the same building was just super weird it was yeah. like walking into a chat room and it felt weird <laughs> but it was good it was cool so that was maybe the best and weirdest weirdest show i've played um I'm going to have to go back pretty far because all the shows, like, lately have been, like, really, really cool and normal. I played... Oh, um, I played a show where I had to go on right after a burlesque thing that was happening. No. There was, like, it was, like, a Comic-Con thing, and it was, like, nerdy burlesque. Okay, yeah. Sure. So it was, sure. Yeah, so it was cool. I much would have rather gone before. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I'm definitely a no, good yeah, opener. Yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> But, like, there was a bunch of people, and I was, like, a little bit younger. So there was a, like, I was the youngest. I would, no, no, I wasn't the youngest. But I was a younger dude in there. And I was, like, plugging in my stuff. And I was, like, this is going to be really cool because in my brain I was, like, all these people are going to come and see all the pretty ladies. And then there's going to be a lot of people that can't get out of the room in time enough before I start playing. So <laughs> I'll be able to get, like, a cool picture that's, like, look at all the people that came to see me. And then, like, it'll look cool online. So that's what I thought it was going to be like. But... After people see a burlesque show, it's like they don't want to see me. No. They like no, don't no, 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 want to no, no, see no. anything that's not a burlesque show. Yeah. Like I could have no, gone. This is, this is a thing. Um, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Okay. This is a thing that like comedians talk about how you you can't 
a comedian can't follow like musicians if people yeah. are like really into the musicians. Oh but no. comedians are really great like after a magic show. Like Whoa, I didn't even think about like, that. Like people like want to laugh <laughs> after a magic show. Yeah. It's it's just like there's different types of performances that yeah. open up the energy and the space where they allow for certain things to be after them. But oh. you can't do anything after burlesque. You can't. And like it was just like there was a different sound system, even like a different sound guy. So it was like the burlesque was like loud people were screaming people were like throwing stuff and everybody's having a good time and then it was like i go up to set up and i didn't even have a microphone like they didn't give me a microphone so i couldn't even go like hi i'm omni here's my music it was kind of like i just had to start playing and the music was so quiet yeah the sound no you're <laughs> like you have like a happy energy but your energy is still like much lower exactly <laughs> it's like light fun it's light fun and yeah. so i start playing these songs these like these cute songs and i'm like i'm like looking out in the crowd and, like i just remember feeling very hot and i was just like this is this it, it's not a bad show it's just it's just not the right time it's not the right time for this and like and the thing that was so weird about it is people didn't leave people stayed because it was like a panel at like a, a comic convention. So people stayed, but they just were not enjoying it. Yeah. And they were like determined to stay, though. And so yeah, I was they just needed like, those seats. Yeah. So I was like, I would play like one song and I was just like, oh, my God, like I have to go for like 40 more minutes. And I would play <laughs> another song and then I would kind of try to like, how's everybody doing tonight? Like one of those like <laughs> awkward ones, but I didn't even have a microphone. So it was just oh, it no. was horrible. It was oh. so bad. But. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I made some friends from that show and I made some contacts, but it was just very, very weird. That yeah. was the weirdest thing. That's a, yeah, that's a weird show. That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, cool. <laughs> Why did they do that? Yeah, that was poor planning on yeah. whoever made that schedule. They probably oh, just didn't man. know who you were. Yeah. That's what know. it was. Oh, my God. It was... And it wasn't even like there was like other acts after me. It was like burlesque, then Omni Boy, and then another thing. So it was it was horrible. It was horrible. But yeah, cool, cool times. <laughs> cool times. Yeah. Yeah. Where where can people find your music on the internet? Um oh everywhere. You can like I prefer that people go to Spotify. But Is that, that the place now? Yeah, that's okay. like where I prefer people go. But if you can't go to Spotify or you don't want to go to Spotify, I mean, I'm also on Apple Music and I'm also on SoundCloud and Bandcamp and like Amazon and Google like I, and iTunes. I try to make it as widespread as possible so that people don't go like, well, I don't like SoundCloud. And so I'm like, well, I, you're, in, you're in luck because I can also like put it on this and this and that. So I'm pretty much anywhere. But I prefer people go to Spotify. I've even started putting it on YouTube recently, just in like the form of videos like with like a picture on it. Mm. There's a lot of people that like discover music on YouTube. There are. And so I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And so I was just like, wow. Like I would put out I would put out a video of not even a video. I would put out a picture of a song on YouTube and someone would be like, "Oh, this is good. Like, do you make anything else?" And I'm like, "How did you find this?" Like <laughs> if you did like if you like how did you even get here? But yeah, some people just like scroll YouTube for music. So, yeah, it's on there too. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, where I was gonna ask, is there a name for like this genre of music? Because it's not chip tune. The what I make? Yes. Like oh, like this scene that it, is like chip tune adjacent pop. Oh, okay. But it's not really electronic. <laughs> so I don't know who coined the term post chip, but I used to use that post a lot. Chip. 
because I mean, and it it just like any genre or any scene title, like it comes with its own like sometimes negative baggage. But I called it post chip because I would go and I would like look at all these people, or I would talk to people like uh like Slime Girls, or like Clover and Sea Life, and like a lot of friends I've made in LA. And when you listen to all of our music. It's definitely not like chip tune. It's not straight chip. Tune. It's not straight chip tune anymore. But we were all kind of come from, from like there. Yeah, we all came from there. So I I would call it post chip. Post chip. I uh, do you like that term? The problem. Okay. <laughs> the problem with that term is I think that a lot of people that are in the post chip scene are trying so hard to escape chip tune as like a yeah. as a thing because oh, it's but like post chip is a good word. Post chip is such a cool word. It's yeah. such a cool word. And it like rolls right off the tongue. And like I definitely wore it like a badge of honor for a really long time. But the the funny problem with it is that everybody was just like, oh I don't make chip tune anymore. Like I I make this. I don't make chip tune like like new wave or I make like footwork. Everybody was trying to get away from chip tune. And then like but it's not new wave. Yeah, it's not. It's <laughs> not. And then, like, when people called it post chip, it was like we were like sucked back into this weird like chip scene. But I'm fine with wearing post chip because I did used to make chip tune, and I still hang out with like a bunch of chip chip dudes. I <laughs> want to call it. I don't want to offend anyone. No, just call it that. Okay, I'm gonna, I don't call, think I'm gonna start gonna using post chip broadly because that does describe the type. And it of, covers so many people. Yeah, it covers so much. Okay, cool. Thank you for giving me that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, can you close us out? Yeah. With one more, please. Oh, uh, what should I? What should? Oh, I have this. It's like pretty short, but um, I miss you. I can play like a, a cool like Rhodes piano rendition of "I Miss You," which is on which is on Spotify now. So that's like a more recent release. <laughs> You feel good? Yeah, yeah, I feel good. I really like that the, the this worked out. Yeah, me too. Like, 
I didn't bring a keyboard. I got to use this really cool studio keyboard. And like now I kind of want <laughs> I want this keyboard. The Yamaha MX49. Yeah, it's so dope. That sounds great. I like it. Man, great. this was great. This was fun. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Living Room. This week our guest was Omniboy, and you can find them on Spotify. Just search Omniboy. The Living Room was created by Lucas Cathy and Karina Taylor, recorded by Matt Sturgis and Jeremy Scott at the Palisades, and produced by Hannah Mraz. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever podcast app you prefer. If you have questions or would like to chat with us, email thelivingroompodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Special thanks goes to Chris Taniguchi for helping our social media, the residents of the Palisades for dealing with our noise, and of course, thank you for listening. And then Aaron, Aaron, Ohio. We haven't heard anything from you, dude. Where are you at? I heard some rumors, some rumblings about some some things you've been saying. A cipher, perhaps? But I don't I don't see it. Where is it, man? Come on, come on. I'm ready. Where are you? Where are you at? <laughs>